Hello, welcome to episode 41 of what we're listening to. My name is Josh. I'm one of your hosts. And with me is my good friend and inventor of the modular toe system, Asher. How are you, sir? Can we stop with the feet? <laughs> Fully synthesized. You can plug them anywhere. Happy New Year, Excellent. mate. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty well, man. Yeah, Happy New Year to you too. hope yeah. you've had some time off. And all that jazz and the snow hasn't ruined your herbs too greatly. Oh, um, so uh, it's a new year, new us, and I have a very brief quiz for you. Um, Go for it. I don't know if you I don't know if you heard this, uh, but the artist known as Meatloaf passed away yesterday. Yeah, I did. That was quite sad. Um, I don't know how much you know about Mr. Loaf. Um, <laughs> But About he had quite. His name is not Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> he had quite an illustrious film career. Um, I do know one. So I, saw it I relatively have relatively recently. Yes, I think uh, I gave you a freebie. Um, hmm. So, which of these four films is he not in? So we have Fight Club, Wayne's World, uh, The Blues Brothers. And the Spice yeah. Girls movie from 1997. <laughs> well, I've seen three out of four of those. I haven't seen the Spice Girls one. Um, I definitely know he's in Fight Club. I can't remember if I've seen him in the Blues Brothers or <laughs> Wayne's World. He probably is in there hiding away. Um, I'll go with, look, I'll go with the Blues Brothers. Ooh, that is a correct answer. It just doesn't seem the right vibe for him. I don't know. Could yeah, be yeah. Um, he is the bus in driver in Spice Worlds. He's in a lot, actually. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Yeah. So I was going through like stuff about him yesterday, and I also discovered um, that John Foreman of Switchfoot fame wrote a song yeah. for him in really like like 2010. Yeah, yeah. It's called um, where is it called? Running away from me, so it's it's a very typical meat love song, but John Foreman mm-hmm. apparently wrote it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I remember the first time I listened to Meatloaf, I was in a Vinnie's, like a, a thrift store here, <laughs> and I found a single of "I'll Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That." Oh yeah, and and it's this whole basically, it's the twist is in the last line, and it's just. I was like, oh, okay, this is the kind of artist we're dealing with. <laughs> it, it, and it's it's a- drama and grandiose and it's so silly, but it's also done very well. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a kind of comedy. He would often say himself that it's comedic. Um, mm. I was always a big fan of the song Paradise by the Dashboard Light, which as always is like 10 minutes long, but um, yeah. Yeah, it is a good job. Yeah. Anyway, I don't I don't know tons of him, but like he just seemed like a very good artist. So that's sad. It is sad. So long, Meatloaf. Um, do you mm. have any catch up, sir? Only one random thing. So um. Laura Laura Stevenson has this song. Um, uh, it's not Chasing Cars because that's uh, the other one. <laughs> it, it's a it's a favorite song off her self titled. I talked about last year. Um, there's one part in the song which reminds me of like some song from the 90s or early thousands, which I really loved. And I finally put my finger on it. 
Oh. Do you know the band Live? Uh, no, not particularly. They were from the early thousands and they had a song called Lightning Crashes. Um, Live were one of those bands like um, uh, that had the really thick, heavy voice, male voice, like they're kind of singing, singing like they're through pots or something. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, sure. you know. <laughs> anyway, so this song Lightning Crashes has this section which um, – kind of repeats and as like she at least subconsciously it's this reference of this kind of repeated refrain sort of thing it's the part of the lyric where he says i can feel it and he repeats it and it just reminds me of this laura stevenson so you know i just like to play games with myself like this so (laughs) nobody else really cares but maybe you too were listening to laura stevenson going what (laughs) 90s early thousands song does this remind me of it's lightning crashes by live Deeply, deeply embedded in your memories, a song by the band Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were a few albums around the early thousands which I got into and I was realising it's like Gorillaz. Um, it's not 19, 2000, it's self-titled, sorry. Um, and Live and I think there were a few, I think it was like Blink-182 and stuff like that. But early <laughs> thousands was, yeah, very interesting time in terms of music, very nostalgic. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> Did you have, you didn't have any follow-up, did you? Not really. My only note here is that there's a absolute boatload of records coming out in the next month. So, Oh my um, goodness. Yes. Very, very busy February for listening to things. If you have your eyes peeled. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I got my eyes on you. Um, Black country, new road. <laughs> You'll there. take the review of course, but uh, I'm, I'm interested to listen to it. Oh man, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. What are you doing? What are you, are you rearranging your furniture over there? <laughs> um, all right, uh, review time. Reviews? All right. Uh, so, I, I um, had a moment of silliness. Um, I learnt over the, the break that Anna von Hasswolf can sing. And um, that's due to my own bad research. So I've been listening to Anna von Hassel's new album live at the Montreal Jazz Festival. Now, last, I think it's last year, I was listening to her new album, All Thoughts Fly, which came out in 2020. And it's a solo organ album, avant-garde sort of ambient stuff. And foolishly, I just kind of listened to that album, took it as it was, and went, cool, she's an interest, instrumental organist. Um, <laughs> and I will, I will blame a little bit on the fact that she has two different band camps and one of them has All Thoughts mm-hmm. Fly and the other one has all of her other albums. But, I mean, I could have done the research. So, anyway, her new album got announced, this Montreal Jazz Festival. And am I saying Montreal? No, Montre- Montreux. Sorry. I'm confusing the city with the place, right? Uh, anyway, don't worry. Listeners at home, you can abuse me on Twitter, which I'm not going to read. Um, <laughs> so anyway, this album is a live collection of a lot of her stuff pre All Thoughts Fly. And it turns out she's kind of like a, I would, I would say like a Kate Bush sort of dramatic singer mixed with maybe like post-rock 
slash people have called it like doom pop or something. I, I agree with the doom part. I'm not yeah. so sure about the pop part. Um, and so she is playing organ, but she's also playing like synth and she's also playing guitar and she has a lot of like music tech and she has a whole big band behind her. And it was like such a crazy switch in my mind from Anna the you know, playing on this crazily strange tuned organ to I'm now kind of doing these performance art sort of pieces that go for 18 minutes with these crazy vocals and wild singing. So I I felt like I had to reimagine the way I understood Anna von Hasselhoff. And yes, it is another Anna. Um, (laughs) 2022, here's another Anna. Um, but anyway, I just thought that this was a very fascinating album and I was toying up between reviewing her album Dead Magic and this one. But I really think that when she performs live, she just has a real presence in her voice that just isn't captured in the studio. So anyway, um, I don't really know what else to say except like expect these big prog songs with like uh, huge vocals and not always as much organ as I want. I want more organ and some of it was taken out from the studio version when they did it live. But I Mm. think she was really embracing the band sound. And this is not like, even though it kind of feels a bit Kate Bushy, they've got like octatracks and all these crazy synths and pedal effects. And sometimes her vocals are a little bit too my Wizard of Oz, like witch cackle sort of thing. Um, but I know that that's kind of the, the vibe she's going for sometimes. Um, but yeah, what did you, th- did you get to have a listen? Uh, yeah, I, um, what's, what's my note here? Uh, I have Sinister Pink Floyd written down is kind of what I felt after listening to it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. With like less guitar solos, but if like Pink Floyd wanted to mm. make evil music, this is kind of what they would do. Um, yeah. yeah, I uh, I was surprised by the the lack of organ um, as well, but it does yeah. the, bring out the contrast. I think more of her um, singing uh, versus the musicality that she, I, at least the album that I listened to last time, is quite different. Um, yeah. Also, I wondered why this was at a jazz festival, but that's a completely different question in my head. I mean, I figured it, it like it just kind of takes everyone, <laughs> but I could be wrong. I don't know much about the history of this jazz festival. I mean, I know, you know, people like Yarko Pistorius and all that played and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, the so my favorite tracks, I really like the opener um, and that was what grabbed me in. She kind of starts with this groovy organ part and then these drums come in and then it gets kind of weird. And that's when I was like, oh, OK, this is a really interesting hybrid of stuff. Um, the mysterious vanishing of Electra so-and-so is really good with the like opening hits and listening to the studio version, the live version has like a lot more oomph to it. Um, although sometimes I felt like the drummer was a little bit loose. Maybe that's just me being fussy. (laughs) Um, and the third favorite track I did enjoy, um, what's the ugly and vengeful, this like 18 minute track in the middle of it. Mm. Um, it was interesting. Like it gave me those Godspeed You Black Emperor vibes because of the multi-movement sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I didn't love every part of this, but I just thought 
it's really cool that this exists and this like really interesting mashup of stuff is around. So anyway. It's it's definitely um would be a difficult kind of music to perform. Um and so the fact yeah. that she's done it so well is quite impressive. Yeah, yeah. I think she worked really hard um on like her touring and all of her music and she seems to know a lot about the organ too. Like as in I know it sounds obvious, but like reading up on All Thoughts Fly, I didn't realize the organ she recorded on was was a particular tuning as well, where mm. the fifth was like a true tone fifth. Because when you have um, equal temperament, where you have to like squash the tuning of certain notes so that every note can kind of work together with other notes, yeah. um, you you lose a bit of the the perfection in certain intervals. And so um, she recorded on this organ. So she has like a dual love, it seems, of like prog band sounds and <laughs> and her organ stuff. So, yeah, she's just a really interesting artist. Um, she's gotten a bit of press lately because she had riots outside some of her um, her gigs in churches and that sort of thing. So I don't d- want to dabble in the politics too much of all that sort of thing, but, yeah interesting interesting artist yes certainly making waves yeah yeah anyway um that's me what have you been listening to yes um i've been going through an album by a band called taking meds uh mm-hmm. which at first i thought was talking meds as in a talking heads pun but that's neither here nor there <laughs> um their album is called terrible news from wonderful men um, they are Great a name. New York punk hardcore album. Uh, I honestly don't know how I found this record. I can't remember. Um, I think uh, I was going through like year end lists from punk mags like Brooklyn Vegan and that kind of stuff. And hmm. they're all talking about this band called Turnstile. And Turnstile put up an album last year and all the punks loved it. And I found it really boring. Um and really kind of not interesting. And so I think I was kind of searching through things like that, that other people were talking about. And this band came up <clears throat> anyways. Um, so I think uh, there's this current wave in like the alternative and punk scene in America of like a really compressed um, and the kind of like flat sound mastering. Um mm. And when I first went through this album, I was not a fan of the sound that it was. Um, that put me off for a little bit. And I think after a couple of listens, I managed to get over myself and actually listen to what the songs are doing. And then I really started to enjoy it instead. Um, so um, this album, I think, suffers a little bit from like modern production styles, but at the, at its core is um some really really fun and interesting um punk hardcore grunge whatever um mm. tracks i love it yeah um especially um the three song run in the middle of crepe hangers uh 10 vows and moving the stash i think is some really good like it honestly reminds me of like Nirvana at their best in some parts. Um, mm. Yeah, I really love that. 
Um, well, interestingly, I mean, my confession is that I didn't get to listen to this. I listened to two tracks and it reminded me of like Foo Fighters in terms of production. Some yeah. of like the uh, not early Foo Fighters, kind of like mid um, like 2005 or something like that. Um, uh, what's the one about life? Anyway, the um, it reminded me a bit of that sound, but maybe it's that that's the Nirvana influence and David Grohl and that sort of thing. But it that I kind of understand what you mean about the production. Um, yeah, like really tight, sounded, really high. Yeah, yeah, it sounded good though. Like I didn't mind it as much. So yeah, yeah. I, so I think this album has some really high highs for me, and then a couple like middle like as. But those high points are really great and it gets bonus points for all these um, film inserts of like people giving each other bad news. And Uh, um, most of them I'm pretty sure are from um, Robin Hood Men in Tights by Mel Brooks, which is um, bonus points. Yes, I know the film. I love that. (laughs) Terrible news. I love it. It's so great. So yeah, I, I don't know. I was looking for something kind of fresh and fast over the Christmas break, and this mm-hmm. really kind of fitted that niche for me. And I'm really glad I found that. I'll, I'll keep a an eye out for more stuff from Taking Meds because they don't take themselves too seriously, and they kind of like making this kind of music. So I'm happy about that. No synths were made in the music. Of, oh, nobody played synth. <laughs> yeah, it it is very like. It's very bandy, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it is cool. It is kind of harkening back to a bit more old world sort of garage rock sort of thing. Yeah, which I obviously love. So, yeah, it, check it neat. out. I do apologize for not listening to this one. No, um, okay. I'll, I'll blame it on being too much into my homework, but um, <laughs> it's also just because... Because I didn't listen to it. Apologies. I will listen to those. I will listen to those tracks on the the playlist though, and tell you what I think next time. So thanks. Right. Uh, speaking of homework. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Should we do it? So I thought it was time for another oldie um, in Ash's life. So this is uh, the classic fourth album by a Canadian artist Neil Young called Harvest. Um, mm-hmm. This album um, is one of the ones responsible for propelling him into uh, nationwide fame with a number of really big chart-topping singles. Um, Mm. But I think it also has a lot of appeal as a whole project. It's um, uh, Recording it was a lot of live takes, and it's all been kind of put together on purpose. And I think it holds on its own despite having these like huge songs on it. Um, Mm. And I know you hadn't listened to much Neil Young before. So I gave you the one that I started with, which is Harvest. So what did you think about this album, sir? Yeah. So I I liked, I came into this blind, not really knowing these standout songs. I think I've heard Heart of Gold. It's probably impossible to not. Yeah. I tried to think of it like as a whole album, which wasn't easy in some parts because there's like a live album at the end and there's some songs which feel like they've got way more orchestral attention than the others. (laughs) And so there are these kinds of um, it doesn't feel as homogenous across the whole group of songs. However, overall, I really liked this album. I really liked 
the vibe of it. In some ways, it's similar to what I gave you for homework um, this episode. Like it's, yes. it's a really good band sound. The drums are really nice. The acoustic is recorded beautifully. It feels folky but not too country, like um, really good songwriting. And I like Neil Young's voice a lot. It's kind of this quavery sort of a bit thin but not um, weak, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um so like start like the the standouts for me like heart of gold of course old man is a brilliant song the the like the kind of gospel vocals just really lift it in the in the chorus without it sounding like it suddenly changed from like a folk song to something that's totally different it like feels like a natural stra- transition mm-hmm. um i really liked alabama um the the songs that kind of brought it down for me were things like Man Needs a Maid. Yeah. Um, part, like there were two things. Partly the mastering went weird, like it dropped in volume. Then all these strings were in. And I felt the same thing um, with, what's the other one? Uh, the World, There's a World. Yeah. Both of those felt like they didn't belong on this album. And maybe that's just me being fussy but i didn't really like the orchestral stuff it just felt i don't know just didn't fit the vibe no, that's yeah. that's just me personally <laughs> um is man needs a maid is like is it a serious song or is it just it's like such a, it's such a weird jack I, I remember when i gave this to you i said there's, there's a, a couple of songs in this album that are just really weird and i don't yeah. think they fit and man needs a maid is obviously one of them yeah. Um, yeah. It just it, like it interrupts the flow and yeah. like I get what he's trying to do, I guess, but it's just such a strange piece on this record. Yeah. Cuz you've got it like the opening is great and it it really sets the vibe of like oh, close intimate sort of singer-songwriter stuff, but then mm. we change it up too much. But anyway, fussy. Sorry. Um, yeah, I love the quaver in his voice. I love, I do love some of the jankiness and I can kind of see what you mean about like, um, recorded live. Like it doesn't feel overly perfect. It feels like, you know, you, you're, well, some of them, you don't realize they're live until there's clapping at the end, like at the end of the needle and the damage is done. I love that song. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's beautiful. And you know, you get to the end and then everyone claps and you're like, oh, that was live. I didn't didn't quite even pick up the difference between that and the studio ones, which was cool. So, um, yeah, it's it's really fascinating. I, I can see why this was such a big deal and I can mm. see the appeal of Neil Young. Like, yeah, it's just honest and good, like integrity in his songwriting and you showed me a live clip of Heart of Gold and it's very endearing. Like he's there with his harmonicas trying to tell small little jokes <laughs> in a subtle way. And uh, it's just nice. I, I like I like listening to him. So, oh yeah, I really dig this album. Thanks so much for sharing it. Yeah. Do you want to I, tell me more about why you love it? Yeah, it's interesting. I um, It's a bit of a Canadian pedigree in some forms, like this kind of um changed the face of music in Canada around the 70s, right? Um, mm. um well, I've heard that. Yeah. 
still one of like the big figures that we have in our country when it comes to musical history. Um, and Bruce Coburn as well. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce. Um, so I, I think for this album, like the one before it, um, after the Gold Rush is also one of my favorites. It's actually a really good record as well. Um, but this one, he kind of left behind some of the stuff he was doing before, bought a big ranch in the middle of nowhere and kind of set up there um, hmm. and put all this gear and recorded this record. Um, and that's kind of where I think it gets this kind of like lived in feel, which I really enjoy. Um, like it is produced, but it doesn't feel like it's made in a studio in, in that way. Um, and obviously uh, it kind of establishes so heavily um, Neil's like characteristics in songwriting, like the very particular acoustic guitar strumming and rhythms, um, his voice and how he uses it. Um, mm. Those kind of things are uh, really solidified at this record. And they kind of go on as he makes like another, like 38 albums for the rest of his life. Um, yeah, I always try to scroll through them and be like, <laughs> where is Harvest? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's early. Crazy. Well, he's in his I, 70, 78 or something now. Yeah. I really, I mean, Neil's a really interesting figure because he went, I mean, we could talk about Neil a bit. He went from this kind of like folk stuff um, to being like on the forefront of like rock and roll for a brief period with like, keep hmm. on rocking in the free world. And like, yes. hey, hey, my, my, and like, um, Kurt Cobain's suicide letter has a bunch of quotes from Neil Young in it. And that kind of like propelled him again to the forefront mm. of like the music world. So he's been all over the place. Yeah. I And like to read about Alabama and how that inspired <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama was like a, oh, because I was listening to Alabama going, there is a lyric lilt and a melody here which reminds me of sweet home i wonder if they just intentionally referenced him or it was the reverse i'm like i can't remember which song came first and then i looked up the history of this song i was like oh yeah. okay neil gets a whole like stanza about him <laughs> <laughs> anyway <true>. yeah <laughs> i mean yeah it's so i think harvest is an interesting album because it kind of taps into the kind of feeling of tiredness that everyone has, whether they be like 20 years old or 70 years old, um, mm. well, like kind of going through life and having these experiences. And I think it really uh, speaks to those well, I think, as a record. Yeah. And like, it seems, I don't know, people like Bob Dylan and Neil Young and others like that, they seem to write these songs or even like Simon and Garfunkel, they had an mm. ability to write a song but projecting further into the future beyond their years in some ways. I mean, yeah. there are songwriters like that at the moment too, but it just, it, you know, songs like Old Man reminded me of this sort of thing I've heard before in other music around this time. Yeah. And I like it. I like that ability. Um, and I don't know where it comes from, whether it's just a personality thing or reading well or observation or that sort of thing, but... <laughs> yeah, I I'm glad I got to hear this album, and I I'm glad I now know a bit of Neil Young. So, thank there you, you again. Fair enough. All right, 
So I gave Josh um, another uh, Canadian artist to listen to. Now, I might have, I've talked about Andy Schauf on this um, podcast before and mm. I gave you his other band um, way back when, 2020 or something like that. Um, this album is called The Bear of Bad News and it's, Andy Schauf actually has an interesting career. He has a couple of albums like that aren't really around anymore um, uh, and so, but this is kind of like the first album where he was going for a new sound. And so there was an EP before this oh. called, um, uh, Sam Jones, oh, I've forgotten, uh, deals with his demons or something like that. Then there's the bear of bad news. Then there's the party. And then after that is uh, neon skyline. The party is where I started, but bear of bad news is kind of like the lead up into this. Uh, the way that he does concept albums where mm. basically the whole album is one event or a continuing storyline. So some of these songs are like that and some of them are not. And I think he's experimenting with this new way of songwriting. Um, I really like this album, probably not as much as The Party, but I thought, oh, has Josh heard this one? I think he should. I think there's some real gold <laughs> on here. Because as I've said before, Andy Schaaf's drum sound is like one of my favorites of all time. And anyway, I'll stop talking there and let you tell me what you thought of The Bear of Bad News by Andy yeah. Schaaf. There's uh, apparently been a lot of bad news in my albums uh, this episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I'm not particularly sure why I don't explore Andy's music on my own. I do enjoy what he does it's fine <laughs> um I, it's just kind of one of those things i guess i'll just let you keep giving me andy shelf albums eventually um yeah i really I'm enjoyed you one this is the <laughs> best one you know well, you, you gave me, you gave me the party the first time as well um before we started this show yeah i um i enjoyed the sonic palette of this album a lot um like the woodwinds are a surprising touch mm. on like a modern kind of singer songwriter um, but they, uh, instead of kind of being the feature, they add a really interesting new layer and, um, kind of give it this more, I don't know, um, like a dreamy TV quality kind of to it rather than being, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like it, it takes it to a different place, which I find very interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, as you said, this record seems to be a number of uh, musical vignettes about uh, small townsfolk, um, etc. And while I think uh, that theme stays mostly consistent, I think it breaks apart musically a little bit um, at the mm -hmm. end. Um, or rather, uh, I guess a way to put it is I think the party is tighter all the way through um, as opposed to this mm -hmm. record. Um yeah, because I think some parts of it kind of fall off a little bit or don't stick with what's what's going on as much. Um, yeah. That being said, uh, I do I did uh, love some of the songs. Um, I think "Hometown Hero" is a great starter. That kind of like weird, yeah. kind of waltzy, schmaltzy um, story of like a local drunk trying to save people is kind of fun. Um, man on stage is great. Those drum yeah. fills are really fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, and that kind of the way that they break up the song and kind of draw in the rest of the melody is really great. 
Um, but mm. probably the two songs that really grew on me the most were um, I'm Not Falling Asleep and Wendell Walker, I think is really... Oh, yeah. Like, uh, the first time you listen to Wendell Walker, you don't quite pay attention to it, and then you realize, after going through it again, <laughs> that it's actually the more... Um, probably the most complex and musically interesting song on the record, at least for me. Um, yeah, this as, is as the, that of, was the song which got him kind of on the chart, like on the map of people's minds, this song. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it starts off really simple for the first like minute and a half. And that's when it kind of gets much more complicated as the story grows more complicated. It's really clever. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I really enjoyed um, that particular track a lot. Um, the symbols towards the end, the way he can bring in a single instrument and suddenly change the mood without needing to add on like heaps of layers is just incredible. So I just wanted to add in that. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed this mostly. Um, yeah, I, I kind of, um, without knowing everything about Andy Shalf's musical collection, I think this is a very welcome addition. Um, it has its own interesting character, which I appreciated. Um, mm. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it, I think um, I heard that uh, for this one, he, he wrote maybe like 20 or 30 songs and then culled it down to 12. <laughs> but then with the party, he wrote heaps more like, and then he culled it down to 10. So I think he got better at really paring down what he wanted, whereas mm. I think on on Bear of Bad News, he kind of took the songs which, you know, like that worked, but I think he wasn't as intentional as on the party. At like this is the perfect song for this moment in the record. Um, because for me, I didn't think that this one, The Bear of Bad News, actually has a big narrative. Mm. I'm not sure that the guy in Hometown Hero is connected to Jerry was a clerk and it's Jerry was a clerk and my dear Helen, which actually show me what is going to happen with the party because those two songs lead directly into each other, probably to like they're heartbreaking in the same way that Wendell Walker is a devastating song. Mm. Jerry was a clerk and my dear Helen are just so sad. And I know that some people really don't like sad songs. So don't listen to this album if you don't like sad songs. <laughs> um, but he's just kind of hinting at that. And I, I think those last two tracks are a bit of a hidden gem for me um, because that movement of the perspective of the kids, like the teenagers, to the perspective of the old man and the change in tone was really well done personally. But, yeah, um, yeah I agree with you that some of these songs just don't quite get there. Um, but, uh, yeah, like uh, you said that I'm not falling asleep uh, grew on you a bit. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's hard enough to write a regular musical album. Um, and then to put on top of that, the idea that you want to write like a thematic piece is even more difficult. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it, it is. I'm, I'm asking big things, Vandy. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I, re I really enjoyed it. That's good. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's one of my favorites. It, uh, I think there's something, like you say, 
there's something in the tone colors he uses, the clarinets, the kind of honky tonk pianos, the dead drums, these like acoustic guitar parts. It's just done very, very intentionally and very, very mm. beautifully. And so mm. um, he, he, in my mind, is a Canadian treasure along with Neil Young. <laughs> but uh, he hasn't done the 41 albums yet. I think it'll take no. him a while to get there. He's not quite at that point of his life. Maybe one day. One day. One, anyway, one day. glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you for giving that to me. All right. Easy. Let's, uh, let's try and get through these honorable mentions, shall we? <laughs> Yeah, since it's been a little while, we have a couple backlogs of honorable mentions. Um, so I still try to go through mine reasonably mm-hmm. fast. Um, okay, no, okay, first, take your time. First, um, so uh, I talked about him briefly last year. Um, a Swedish pop musician named Sandra Lerke. Um, mm, so yep. every, every year on Christmas time, he covers a famous pop song of the year and uh this year he did a version of one of my guilty pleasures which is doja cat and uh, her song kiss me more and so it's a version of him singing it which i really really enjoy and um i can even smile on your face (laughs) yeah he doesn't do the rap verse. he gets his uh, keyboard player to do a solo in the same style which i find even funnier um anyway um, yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to get across a little bit more pop music in the Christmas break to just see what happened last year. Um, which leads me to the next one, which is I've actually been going through, um, Billie Eilish's album a lot more. Um, oh, yeah. what's it called? Uh, Happier Than Ever. Um, yeah, I've, I've been going through that a couple of times. It's interesting. It's actually quite long, um, for a pop record. It's, uh... What sixteen songs? Um, yeah, uh, and I, yeah, I, I still don't know quite what to think about it. Um, there's obvious. There's some very obvious pieces on it which I think are what I would call back in the '90s radio fodder, which are like songs that you would like obviously get a number one out of, and you chuck those to the masses to make lots of money. And then there's a bunch of songs around them that are quite interesting um, and uh, musically different. Like there's some Bossa Nova tracks. There's some like Hispanic influences. Um, there's some pieces that kind of sound more like, uh, you know, like fifties jazz singer kind of quality. Um, hmm. So there's, there's a lot of diversity around these like mega million dollar making songs that she puts out, um, which I found quite interesting. Um, and the, the general tone of the album is one of, uh, she is, uh, older and less, um, what's the word, um, uh, less anxious about stuff. So she's kind of doing what she wants, which I think is why there's kind of these weird different songs in this record in parts, which I, yeah, I really enjoyed. Right. Yeah. That's Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't listened to much beyond her previous is it the previous album the one where she looks like something from the exorcist <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah uh, i've only yes. listened to bits of that um yeah i should have a listen I'm worth giving um it's certainly interesting um uh, okay next 
um, a little uh, album from a musician uh, called Brian uh, Bulger. Bulger, I'm not quite sure. Um, mm-hmm. Apologies to Mr. Bulger. Bulger. Um, uh, I keep heard this. Yes, keep saying it. I heard this on one of the many podcasts that I listened to, um, and it's been stuck in my head a lot. It's a cute little um, kind of folk rock song that is uh, just straight up and down, uh, well put together, well written, um, and I think it deserves more attention. He's just a, it's an indie song. I'll put it on the playlist. It's really great. Um, and then we have a ton of new singles out. Oh my goodness. Cause there's so many albums coming out yeah. in February. I'll touch on the main three that I've been listening to. Um, okay. so, uh, a song by a band called the smile, which is a new project oh, yes. from, um, Tom York and Johnny Greenwood. And I for- always forget the name of the drummer because I'm a bad person. <laughs> Uh, you just smile. want to know the famous people. Who are the people that really he, matter to you? He's a famous drummer. Tom Skinner is his name. Um, Tom Skinner joking. from uh, what band is he from? Uh, Sons of Comet, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's like a jazz drummer. Um, anyway, uh, so they're putting this uh, together and they released a single. And I remember them playing it at Oxford. Um, it's quite an interesting kind of like post-punk, really drivey. Um, mm. Tom sounds really young singing it. He sounds like kind of the Benzy a little bit. Um, I liked it. Yeah, it was very different from yeah, at least th- the Radiohead stuff they've done recently. Yeah, I feel kind of bad for Ed O'Brien um, because for like 20-ish years, he's been kind of the the voice of, hey, we should do more guitar more rock related stuff and what we're doing. Like he's kind of like always adding that flavor and then Johnny and Tom go and make their own other band and then release a song like this, which I think Ed would have loved to have played on. Um, (laughs) But that's pure speculation, but it seems that way. Um, Maybe they'll just play the smile songs in Radiohead sometimes too. (laughs) So yeah, Ed can (laughs) get his, what he wants. Poor Ed. I feel bad for Ed. Um, so he was the smile. pretty excited about the smile, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a nice guy. I don't think he holds yeah. any grudges. Um, so the new song from the smile, um, new song from the band Spoon. Um, uh, yep. Yeah. I didn't listen the, to this one. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they're a wonderful band. We talked about them last year a little bit at a at a Texas. Um, mm-hmm. and I think they're, I don't know. People love to say they're consistent, and I don't know what that means other than to say that they're good. And I think this album continues that. Um, This single, I think, is really great. Um, And then third, um, new music from Fontaine's DC. Uh, The boys from Ireland. So... um, yeah, they have a new album coming out, which apparently they've had finished for almost a whole year, uh, which is uh, insane. So they have this uh, new single, Jackie, down the line. Um, and uh, I love it. I think I liked it more, actually, than their last album's offerings. Um, it's much That was uh, a hero's darker. death, right? 
Yeah, it's darker. It's a little more rhythmic. Um, so I'm 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 curious to see where this album goes because I read a long interview um, with the singer talking about how um, this album is kind of about um, Ireland changing and becoming this weird new creature as like Irish people start to live in England but are still kind of different. Anyway, it's kind of this weird monster. So I'll I'll be curious to see what happens to it. Um, and then lastly, lastly, um, a lot of my listening time has been taken up by an Australian man with a mustache oh, named man. Tom Cardi. Um, so I don't know. How, we haven't talked about him on this podcast. Have no, we? I tried not to bring him out in the open. <laughs> We've talked about him um, in our own messages. But um, yeah. so Tom, 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 Tom is a very interesting boy. Um, he has uh, Twitter, TikTok videos. They're also on YouTube and a Bandcamp album um, uh, that are uh, doing quite well. Um, he makes uh, comedic songs, um, usually that cast him in a very negative light as the main character of these songs doing um, Yeah, well, he plays people. multiple characters within a yeah. song often. It's, yeah. it's great. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of these and i think as i've gone through them more uh i've begun to appreciate his ability to songwrite actually um and especially i especially noticed it with um he has a cover of um a flight of the concord song called carol brown which is one of my favorites of theirs and he does a version of it which i think is actually in some parts better than the flight of the concords version um he he has a he has a better sense of how to write something that is catchy, um, hmm. and I think that comes out in his um, in his horrific comedy. <laughs> I've never doubted that he's a fantastic musician. He's just very crass. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's he's pretty true blue, and yeah, um, it's uh, it, it's frustrating listening to the audio compression on YouTube versus the actual album on Bandcamp because it actually sounds so much better on Bandcamp mm-hmm. as well. You can actually yeah. tell he's like doing stuff in the mixes a little bit more. Um, he's so funky. You, you haven't mentioned that like his genre is like predominantly like funk and yeah. he just does such great stuff with synths and he's got so much groove, you know, everything he plays and he's evidently a fantastic instrumentalist because he plays everything basically at least that's the way it's portrayed in the videos i haven't checked yes. the credits but um but also uh, i discovered uh through a, a quick gag in one of his videos that he ha- is in a band for realsies which we talked about very briefly called the lulu rays um mm-hmm. and as people should know we love ourselves a small time australian indie band on this on this podcast oh um, yes we do uh <laughs> yeah um they're quite a i listened to a little bit of their stuff it's um obviously not just him it's you know it's an actual band um and it's kind of a, a a nice mixing of kind of the alternative indie and kind of modern pop sensibilities that i think are there um i couldn't find any songs that are like early 2020s but some older ones that were really nice yeah mm. um I, I imagine that it's frustrating a little bit for him or maybe for his bandmates 
that like this comedy stuff is just popping off and then the band is like still struggling um i guess we'll talk about it now uh th- this weekend is the triple j hottest 100 countdown um mm-hmm. which if you don't know you aren't australian triple j is a radio station and every year um aussies between the ages of uh, 15 to 40 vote on a list um of what they consider to be um the best songs of the year and i don't know it's not like super serious um no but i i did see fun it's it's something um i did see that tom cardi's songs what was it number 11 and number 16 or something like that Uh, yeah i think so yeah i've got the list here um that's uh, pretty high on the list (laughs) yeah yeah it is so yeah number 11 with H Y C Y B H, if you know what that one is, <laughs> and number seventeen, mixed messages. So, yeah, they're both they're both off his album, Artificial Intelligence. Yeah, which is which quite is good like, for joke songs. Yeah, like good on him, you know, getting up there. Um, I should also mention that number one was the the Riddles yep. cover of Tame Impala, which I forgot happened last year, but is um, as always a great song. Um, we were just trying to say yes it's a serious it's a serious thing (laughs) i mean in their defense it's a really good version yes i just love that it beat like you know billy eilish and doja cat and all this it's it's so funny i don't know people take themselves so seriously it's great um good on you tom for getting up there as well yeah I All was right. saying to you just before we started recording as well that Nick Lutzko has had the same experience, that he has a band with other songs. Although, mind you, they are dressed up in, like, weird costumes. Um, but, like, <laughs> his, his like, meme stuff is way more popular than his band stuff, I guess. And he reflected on that in an interview being like, I don't know, you know, just write a silly song about something to do with politics. And everyone's like, yay. So, I, yeah, you know, I guess it's, it's kind of a taste for it at the moment, I think. Um, yeah, it's the main culture that's popular. Yeah. At the moment. And it's really digestible, like these like two minute songs on YouTube, you know, mm. you can f- flick them to your mate and he'll watch it and, you know, he'll get it. And it's it's so easy. Yeah. Or I should say it's so easy. It's so accessible. What's the word? Inconvenient. Convenient. Yes. Um, that's all my honorable mentions, sir. How about you? Are you sure? Do you want any more? <laughs> uh, there are more, but I will save them for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some strike throughs and so of mine because I was like, yeah. Yes. Anyway. Um, let me just follow on from Triple J. Um, yeah, there, there were a few like cool things that happened on that. Uh, number three, congrats to Spacey Jane for yes. lots of nothing. <laughs> Being number three, that's pretty great. Uh, and Gang of Youths were number six with mm. Angel of Eighth Avenue, and they I'm, have also released a new one. Sorry, I'm really excited for that album. To be honest, the I've been going through a lot of the singles. Anyway, yeah, I, that's that's one of the ones to look at a lot in the when it comes out. I think. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I've been. I must confess, the Angel of Eighth Avenue. The song is much more grabbing to me than some of the other ones that I've heard. And maybe that's because I'm a bit of a green uh, gang of views listener. And so I haven't kind of moved past the the poppy end of things. Um, But I did really like that new video of theirs, the kind of referencing singing in the rain and that sort of thing. I thought that was good. So props to them. Um, But yeah, anyway, if you're interested, I'll put uh, to listeners, I'll put the triple J hottest 100 list in the 
show notes and you can have a look through what it looks like and what it is. Uh, to be honest, I've never really been into mainstream music enough to like really do <laughs> enough of this. <laughs> um, like I've not really known everything about all the songs that should come out that year. So I've not really bothered, but every now and then it's nice to just check, but yeah. Um, so I've been listening to a, a video game soundtrack um, for the game Outer Wilds. I have yet to play the game. I've heard it's very good. Please don't tell me any spoilers. Um, (laughs) But I I wanted to listen to it um, because uh, I really love the vibe. It's if you don't know the game, it looks like it's kind of um, it's set in space, but it's got the vibe of like camping in Oregon sort of thing. So it's a mixture of these two like old worldy banjos sort of thing with new sort of space adventure. So it's a cool, mm. it's a cool mashup. And the soundtrack is a really good reflection of that. Like you've got this banjo sort of um, driven main theme with these other kind of synth elements and that sort of thing. And it's very heartwarming. Like it's simple, you know, four, five, six chords kind of thing. But I just, I've had it on my mind and I really liked it. So I'm going to chuck a song on the playlist but um do you know the soundtrack or the game um another game i have not listened to the soundtrack i have lots of friends who have played through the game and talk about it non-stop yeah that's the kind of people have been telling me play it play it so yeah (laughs) um uh now talking of small australian musicians uh darren hanlon who we've talked about before oh yeah has a new album oh and Yeah, he's got a new album coming out called Life Tax and he did a Christmas gig, which I finally got to attend virtually. So every year he does Christmas shows um, and specifically one in Newtown, which is a suburb here in Sydney uh, at St. Stephen's, I think. And they are notoriously great and really funny because Darren is kind of like a modern... uh, He's kind of brought Australian singer-songwriter storytelling stuff to a new generation and Mm. he just kind of rambles but in a really fun and great way. He is just, yeah, he's a great storyteller and he's a great songwriter, very humble. I owe owe Maddie, Maddie G, my friend, a great deal, a great debt for introducing me to Darren Hanlon, who I didn't like at first. I thought he was pretty subpar and... (laughs) gradually i understood the error of my ways and i've started to really enjoy darren hanlon um so he has this new album single on it is called lapsed catholic which is quite amusing um the the whole album was recorded in a small church where he was kind of uh looking after the property and so he just recorded these songs there and uh he's been he's had it for a while as well he recorded it back in 2019 but has just struggled to kind of get it all finished um, and just thought he put it out. So I'm excited for that. I am a big fan of um, uh, I Will Love You At All. So I'm a big fan of that one, which is relatively modern. Well, 2010. Um, I've <laughs> listened to bits of his newer stuff, like Where Did You Come From? But, yeah, the older stuff is really beautiful as well, Fingertips and Mountaintops and um, Pointing Ray Guns at Pagans and that sort of thing. There's some really funny songs. <laughs> Yes, that's an album title. Um, you know, songs like at his Christmas gig, he streamed it live. And so he did some classics like Punk's Not Dead, which is pretty great. She's just gone mm. to bed. Um, so 
I recommend checking his stuff out. I might just put a few of my favorites on the playlist. On yeah, on the playlist if Go you have listened to. But uh, check him out. Uh, also, another Australian, Pogo, has released a new album. Um, now, sadly, sometimes with Pogo, I often only like about one or two songs on every album. Um, not there are some albums that are different than that, but this new one basically has one song on which I really love, which is the Stranger Things uh, remix called Strangerous. And he manages to just make it, the bass in this, like the kind of string bass sound and the the kind of 80s reference and all the percussive parts. I've just really enjoyed this song. I've played this quite a lot. So I'll pop that on the playlist. <laughs> and... um. Uh, the only other random thing is I've been re-listening to Miracles of Modern Science. Uh, do you remember that like <laughs> string new wave punky pop band that I gave you as like homework once? I think that was our first episode, actually, or maybe our yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Um, I don't know why. I just started re-listening to it. I've just been really enjoying it. So I'm going to chuck <laughs> a few favorites on the playlist just because. Fair enough. I didn't do my homework of listening to your album, but I did revisit old stuff that I like. <laughs> so I think that's us. Shall I take us out? Yes, please. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us for a new year, 2022. Um, we hope that you've had a relatively good break and hopefully you got a bit of one and you are feeling refreshed. Um, we have an exciting kind of year. We've been doing some planning. We've been doing some mm. thinking. Uh, I mean, most of it is in the hands of the artists who we listen to, but, um, you know, we're going to we're gonna have a good time regardless. So please check us out on the socials, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, find us and review us on whatever podcast medium you can. Um, Ecuadorians, we're, we hear from you. Thank yes. you so much. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we, we're looking forward to a great year of some music. So I'll see you next time, Josh. See you, buddy. See you,